Hey everybody, Wayne here. Just wanted to let you all know that Dolly could not make this episode. So we will be rescheduling Dolly Saffron to come on and talk about her experiences as outlined in the book Symmetry by Preston Dennett. But for now, we're going to have a bonus episode for you where we had some of our viewers come in on the live show and tell their stories. So we hope you enjoy. Thank you. Welcome to the Michigan UFO Sightings and Paranormal Encounters podcast, where we explore the unexplained and mysterious phenomena that have occurred throughout the state of Michigan and beyond. From UFO sightings to ghostly encounters, we delve deep into the stories, the evidence, and the theories behind these strange events. We are your hosts. I'm Michelle. And I'm Wayne. We are an educator duo that after an encounter with a triangular UFO in 2018 in Michigan, we decided to investigate UFOs and the paranormal. In this podcast, we will be speaking with eyewitnesses, experts, and researchers to uncover the truth about some of the most intriguing cases of paranormal activity in and around Michigan. Our goal is not to convince anyone of the existence of these phenomena, but rather to provide a platform for discussion and exploration. So, buckle up and join us on this journey down the paranormal rabbit hole. On an escalator. All right. What is going on, everybody out there in YouTube land and everywhere else? Good evening or good morning or good afternoon, depending on where you're at. I'm going to bring in my lovely co-host at this moment, Michelle. Hey, Michelle. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Ah, Happy Saturday. What is going on, man? What a <laughs> crazy, crazy week. Five more days of school. Yep. Yep, I've got eight more, and three of those eight are half days for final exams for the <laughs> high schoolers. Half days too. <laughs> I couldn't be so, more excited. All right, everybody, welcome to another live edition of the Michigan UFO Sightings and Paranormal Encounters podcast. It is June 3rd. 2023 at the time of this recording and we are live on youtube twitter and facebook as always we'll be releasing this on all the major podcasting platforms shortly after and you'll be able to hear the show on iHeartRadio, itunes radio public google podcasts spotify and many others and don't forget you are now listening to according to the people over at feedspot one of the top 100 podcasts in Michigan. I guess people's standards are really low, Michelle. <laughs> I didn't even know that we had 100 podcasts in the state of Michigan. Yeah, we do. We got a lot of political podcasts and sports podcasts and things like that, you know. So, but thanks to everyone for getting the show out there and really making it happen. And, you know, just to make sure that you guys know, uh, uh, make sure you like, share, and subscribe when you get a second. So I, I I had to smirk really quick when I saw Dorothy's message. Hey there, kids. Well, we're going to it's Mama gonna, Dorothy. Yeah, we're going to give some of the quick hellos to, to chat before we hopefully have Dolly Saffron join us. She is not joined as of yet. So we're crossing fingers. But 
We want to say hey to Barry and Hellfire Studios. We've got Tabin Rice here with us. We've got Rick Davis, Mama Dorothy, and Guy Merritt. So hey, hey everyone. All right. Hey, Guy, what's going on, man? Good to see you. Rick Davis, hey, good seeing you guys. So welcome, welcome. <laughs> Guy says, you paid him off. <laughs> you know what's funny about that guy, though? So I was researching the list and everything in Feedspot. Down at the bottom of uh, their their information, it says you can buy a subscription or something like this to be on their list more or whatever, and they'll move you up off of the, the rank number. So, so that, that's funny that you say that. Yeah. Because if we did give them money, then they would bump us up. Right. So wait a minute, guy, are you running feed spot? <laughs> You're running feed spot, aren't you? Yeah. He's secretly giving out cups of coffee <laughs> to everyone. <laughs> All right. So let's see what else do we got going on? So when Dolly does uh, join us, hopefully she's not running into weather or you know, problems like that. But I did try to contact her about 5.30 this afternoon and send her the link to join us. And I haven't heard back. I also did text her and still haven't heard anything back. So, so crossing fingers, yeah. everyone. Well, we got some stuff we can yeah. talk about and uh, maybe it'll just be a short episode. But um, for those of you in chat, when Dolly gets here and we start interviewing her, if you would like to ask her a question, put it all in caps it draws our attention to it and we will do our best to ask the question hey smoochie smoochie smoochie's joined yes how is it she may be piloting a spaceship that is awesome or remember if you have any questions for us you can throw them in all caps too yeah for real so you know as always just wanted to say that this live show and the podcast happens because of all of you guys the viewers the listeners of the show and your amazing support. So if you want to continue to help support or start, you know, helping, um, the links are below in the show description, um, links to PayPal, Patreon, Linktree. Uh, we'll take you to other ways to support the podcast. Uh, but one of the best ways you can support our show is to like, share, and subscribe. So, Absolutely. hey, Marty James. Yeah, so Marty James 81 has joined us tonight. So thanks for joining in. So Good seeing you guys here tonight and everybody else that's watching that's not participating in chat or might be on Facebook or Twitter. So welcome, welcome. So well, let's see. For, we've got to give shout outs tonight. We've got Hava H. Oh, yeah. For her continued support. Our Patreon we've got members. Our Patreon members. We've got Tabin R, Cheryl G. So I have to thank you guys for continuing to support. All right. Oh, okay. So you know what, Dorothy, just for you, I'm going to read this bio, whether she joins us or not. Yeah. So, so this, uh, this is Dolly's bio in January. Of hold 19- on one second. Oh, okay. One of the reasons why Dolly was brought to our attention was because the book that was written about her called Symmetry was written by Preston Dennett, which is really, really cool. Um, So I just wanted to put that out there and we had reached out to her to um, you know, have her come on and there was a date that she was going to join us and never responded back. And I had already booked somebody from that for that date. So like, so just real quick how this worked, I emailed her 
This was a while ago. She said she would come on. I said, well, how does X date look? She didn't respond. I'm like, well, okay. Uh, so I, since I didn't hear, I got somebody else to come on. And uh, then she <laughs> emailed me or messaged me about 20 minutes before that show and said, is there a link to the show? Are we going on tonight? <laughs> Uh, I never heard back from you to confirm. So we did confirm tonight with her and uh, she's not here yet. So hey, Janine West side, <laughs> what's going on Detroit West side checking in. All right. Hey, Janine. Good seeing you. All right, Michelle, why don't you give us Dolly's bio? Okay. So, you know, whether she's able to show up or not, Dorothy, this is for you. This is Dolly's bio. So in January of 1973, 14-year-old Dolly Saffron gazed out the window of her home near the Florida Everglades. Without warning, a UFO dropped from the sky and hovered in her backyard. To her shock, Dolly could see thin, gray-skinned figures with large, dark eyes staring back at her. Frightened, she dove under her bed to hide. At that moment, her bedroom filled with a blazing blue light. The next thing she knew, morning had arrived. She was lying on the floor wearing somebody else's pajamas. She had been taken again. This was not her first episode of Missing Time. It had happened many times before. Only this time, something different happened. Dahlia remembered. In fact, she remembered everything. Over the next few days, Dolly recalled being taken aboard the craft where she was examined by gray ETs. She then had a long conversation with them, was given a tour of the craft, and was told she would soon be contacted again. Only a few days later, the ETs returned and took her on board again. Dolly had no fear as she spoke with the Greys, who reminded her that she had been contacted many times before. She was asked if she would like to work with them and learn from them and what she would like to learn. Amazed by the opportunity, Dolly chose to learn how to pilot the craft. The ETs agreed. So began Dolly's lifelong experiences with extraterrestrials. Dun, dun, dun. I know. Guys yeah. like, oh, hell, blue light. Uh, yeah, sweeping yeah. the room. Yeah, and speaking of blue light, Guy, have you ever looked into that Project Blue Beam, considering that that's what it was called? Ah, okay. So guy says my blue light just switched me off according to my ex. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, metalhead. Welcome, my man. Hey, Good metalhead. seeing you. So it is a quiet night here in Michigan. It is, but, you know, we do have some kind of news that we can talk about. Well, first, so. let, let's show everybody. What oh. finally what finally came in the mail? Oh yeah. I, All right. Everybody will like this. Along so, with Abby's artwork, I, I designed something for us so that Wayne so, could take it with him to the Cosmic Summit. Yes. So let me let me find the here we go. Check this out, everybody. Yes, that's right. We got business cards. We finally got <laughs> business cards. <laughs> Wayne had been giving me a hard time because he's like, you know, I'm going to the Cosmic Summit soon with Randall Carlson. And, you know, yeah. it's like, um, yeah, I'll I'll get these designed and made. 
the yeah. back side's got the QR code. It's really cool. It goes like right to. Yeah. So the backside has our QR code and uh, yeah, it, it's really cool. All you got to do is scan it with your phone and it takes you right to the yeah, t- the YouTube page. Taven said, finally official. It's like Facebook yeah. official. It's like people with relationships. It's right. not official until it's Facebook official. Very, very true. All yeah. right. So let's go through some of these comments here real quick. Okay, Dorothy. Um, Dorothy says, wow, interesting story. Parallels a dream, in quotes, I had when very young. I flew the ship by thinking about where I wanted to go. Okay. That is very, very cool. Now, was there a blue light involved? Because if this is some type of synchronistic thing, this is uh, very, very interesting. It's like that crazy mind control. It's like if I was in a ship, where would I well, go? Or, or did Dorothy really have a dream? You know what I'm saying? Like, was she participating in something and she didn't really realize it? it? It's very, very interesting. So, yeah, um, even Guy said... Dreams strangely play an important part in contact from what I've seen and heard. Who knows? Yeah. Now, what's really interesting, you know, everybody knows Guy Merritt's story with our podcast and about the triangles here in Michigan in 1994 on the east side. That's where uh, Guy and Ed had seen their triangle. Michelle and I saw it over here in the southeastern part of Michigan in 2018 pretty convinced it was probably the same craft or type of craft that we had seen. But Guy also had um, a recent strange encounter um, just trying to sell a, was it a, a riding lawnmower guy? And come to find out the person who bought the riding lawnmower, he really connected with this younger young lady and she bought the, the riding lawnmower and, and she was talking about how she was abducted. Didn't know guy from anybody, a garden tractor. Okay. Yeah. Metalhead says I was abducted in California by a triangle in the seventies. You know who else was abducted by a triangle in the seventies? Terry Lovelace. Yep. Yep. Devil's Den. Devil's Den. Was that Devil's Den, Arkansas? I believe so. That's yeah. where they were camp- he and his buddy were camping. Yep. Oh, Dorothy says, uh, your dream was told on Strange Recon, October 17th, 2022. She'll find the timestamp. Okay. Cool. Yeah, uh, Metalhead, absolutely. You got to read the book, um, Incident at Devil's Den by Terry Lovelace. One of our earlier episodes. One of our, yeah. Terry, too. As a matter of fact, let me get you the number of that episode with him because you'll you'll want to listen to it. It goes into a lot of detail. Um, And the stuff that happened with him and the OSI, the uh, Air Force's, um, Office of Special Investigations, I believe it's called. So hold on. I'm trying to find that episode number for you. Um, Dorothy, my coincidental life. That's going to be a good title. 
She said that she uh, experiences through childhood into adulthood, two discrete sightings. One was a mass sighting in 67 to 68. Another was 1997 up close and personal. Okay. So here you go. It's called, it's our episode six. It was our sixth episode that we did. And it was when night falls at devil's den with special guest, Mr. Terry Lovelace Esquire, because he is a lawyer. So in his story and what happened with him and his friend is absolutely incredible. And we released that on May 29th, 2021. Yeah, definitely go so, back and listen to it because yeah. he talks about what was the like the surgery that they did on him, the markings on his leg. Yes, and he's got it, implants yeah. that they won't remove because of the the weird what almost looks like wiring um in his leg and they don't know what it would be attached to or the dangers and stuff um yeah no, Lynn, i don't know how comments are turned off what's what's Said up? i was going to post my nordland too i was going to post my ufo enco- encounter but comments are turned off comments are turned cute off puppy in the photo yeah that is a cute dog is that a german shepherd looks cute it looks like a german shepherd yep and then guy says uh terry lovelace he was the assistant attorney general of american samoa and the state of vermont yeah the guy's credible he didn't need to make up any kind of a story or anything for sure yeah yeah so episode six Oh, Dorothy, absolutely. I can't even imagine anyone having those kind of occurrences and sightings and not having PTSD. I'm still trying to reconstruct my own history. Got a mild case of complex PTSD. Reconstruction of years in my childhood have been ongoing since age 17. Yep, that, I mean, you're checking off all the boxes and I personally think too that guy was probably guy Merritt. He was probably abducted as well. Just doesn't realize it or know. Um, guy's been bothered and rattled, rattled and rattled. constantly has contacts and stuff with things um, that just seem too bizarre to, you know, well, to I... chalk up the consequence. I know. Sorry, guy, but it's either 2000. It's at some point in Michigan. I've got that friend of mine that's supposed to uh, type up her story. So I don't know if it's Guy's triangle that she witnessed or the one that we did. Yeah. So we don't know what the year was, right? Yeah. It's like a little trailer teaser right there, guys. I've got a, a really good and detailed story coming from a science teacher. So another teacher with a sighting. Yep. All right. So let me do this since Dolly hasn't shown up yet. Yeah. Guy said, call me in. All right. Hold on guy. We're going to bring on a, we're, uh, we're bringing in, get off my lawn. (laughs) (laughs) Let's see here. We're okay. Where are you in my chat? There you are. Guy's always great to talk to. It's never a dull moment. All right, Dorothy, we see you. Um, what are you saying here? The complex PTSD came from my family. 
of course. The aliens took me on a ride to give me hope and reassure me they were watching over me and would protect me all my life. Hmm. Kids dream or question mark. Ooh. Oof. Have you ever done a hypnotic regression? Like, have you, have you tried to do any, uh, no, but like she said, psychologically speaking, you could say her brain was trying to soothe and regulate herself. Yeah. It's that healing process that the brain does on the body. Like if you're in an extreme amount of pain, what does it try to do? It tries to target whatever is hurting to to ease the pain. Yeah. All right. Hey, check this out. Look at look at who wait a minute. Who's this guy? Who's this guy? I've been I've been doing drywall and painting all day. <laughs> Seriously, I got drywall on my arms and. Yeah, well now you're now you're doing a live show right now. So hey, welcome back, guy. How's it going, man? Good to see you guys. No, I just I, you, you mentioned that tractor thing, and you know I thought it was real strange, and I've had so many of these, in my case, weird synchronicities, and and, and I really wanted to run it by the gang here because I'm like. Is this strange or is it me? You know what I'm saying? All right. So you want you want help from the chat room? Yeah. Yes? I, wanted, I wanted to take a vote and tell me if this is just chance. Or I've had so many weird things like this. I look crazy. Seriously, I was doing drywall. I've been doing drywall and painting all day, man. Let me do my hair. I, you know, I've got <laughs> my public. You know, I don't want to, you know, so many people confuse me with Brad Pitt. Charlie, Brad Pitt. <laughs> Charlie's going crazy. The Chihuahua, he's going nuts. So anyway, most people on here, he's fighting with the cat. Most, will you get down? He's not even a freak. You can see him in the background. He's looking at you like, not again, man. He's like, Dad, Dad, get up. See him? He's looking at yep. me. He's like, get off the damn internet, man. <laughs> you got drywall to do. Yeah, no shit. I've had a long couple of weeks. I had to replace a water heater and the floor in that little mechanical room was shot. I had to rip that out, put a floor in. Vinyl drywall was bad. I had a leak in my copper plumbing. It's been a long two weeks. But anyway, so in 94, for anybody that knows my story, I drove under a triangle on US 23 near Flint. And my coworkers, two ladies carpooling to where I worked, got to work an hour late. They were driving south on US 23 near an exit called Thompson Road, south of Flint. And they ended up driving north. You know, they they did have vague memories of their van spinning around. I made a report to MUFON and a lady at MUFON. This is before I heard my coworker's story because it happened on a Friday. And I called MUFON on Saturday and on Sunday the gal told me. On Saturday, she, she told me about these two other ladies carpooling to a different factory about seven hours before at the same spot they were driving south to go to a different factory these are not my co-workers again two ladies carpooling they're driving south and all of a sudden they kind of come to consciousness going north right and they're going one of them starts chuckling and says hey we're going north and the other's like what and they're, they're like we got to turn around what happened how did this you know how did this happen in their case, they don't remember spinning around, but as they got up to the Thompson Road exit, they saw this massive 
huge triangle right above the freeway straddling both lanes of the freeway, right? Right at the Thompson Road exit on US 23. This is 29 years ago, right? So two weeks ago, Saturday, I'm selling a garden tractor on Craigslist, right? This gal comes out to buy, to buy a little, about four foot 11, a little Sicilian gal, man. She's a little dynamo, works in a factory. She helped me push this tractor up into a truck. But uh, we were talking, we just immediately just kind of hit it off. She's real gregarious and talkative and showed me pictures of her kids on her, on her phone and uh, showed me a picture of a pet turkey and a pet chicken, right? Really loves animals. And I said to her, I said, yeah, I love animals. Crazy. I, can't even, I don't even like to see roadkill. I said, uh, I love guns, but I never shot an animal because I couldn't, even as a kid, I couldn't do it. And I just made this offhand comment. I said, I saw a UFO too. And I kind of confirmed to me, we're not on the, we're not at the top of the food chain. I said, maybe that's why I can't shoot animals, you know? And she said, oh, UFOs. I'm really into UFOs. She said, uh, my dad lives in Holly and he, there's a church across the street, and he saw an orb above the church three times, and even the neighbor saw it, and he called the cops, and they thought he was crazy, and blah, blah, blah. And she said, but I'm really into it. I watch all the documentaries. And I said, wow, you're that into it. I said, have you ever seen a UFO? And this is one, this is when it got, this blew my mind, man. Just, I was like, what are the chances it is, right? She says, that she, I said, have you ever seen a UFO? And she said, no, I've never seen a UFO. She looked kind of like down at the ground with this quizzical look on her face. And she said, but I had this weird thing happen. And I'm like, yeah, like what? And she says, well, I was coming home from work. Apparently she lives out near Fenton and she lives in Flint. And she said, I was getting on US 20. And I didn't tell her any of these details. None of them. I didn't even tell her where I saw it. I don't believe. And she said, I was getting on US 23 at Thompson Road. Right. This is like. 2,000 yards south of where I saw this thing in 94. And she says, yeah, she says, I was getting on. I called my mom. I wasn't, wasn't going to go straight home. I called my mom, told her I was going to stop by. She said, I was driving along. She said, all of a sudden, I realized I'm coming into Fenton. And she said, you know, I can drive home the same way every night. I remember getting on the freeway. And she said, I was going north. And she said, you know, I looked down and, you know, I was real late and going. I don't know why. And I was going south. And I don't know why I was going south. And I had to call my mom and say, hey, I'm sorry, I'm going to be late, but I got on the freeway going north and now I'm going south, you know. And I'm listening to this and going, I I can't believe I'm hearing this, right? I'm like, it just was so bizarre to me that she's telling me the same story. And she, she said another time she got on US 23 at White Lake Road, which I think is about six miles south of Fenton. And she said, in that instance, again, she's driving back to Flint. And she said, it was so weird. She said, I got on at White Lake Road and just suddenly I was in Flint, which is like 15 miles. She said, I have no memory of the drive at all. And uh, it just, I just couldn't. And it's funny. I sent her a text about a week ago and said, how's the tractor doing? Because I'd had one little issue with it. And I said, by the way, you might want to watch this video I posted on YouTube a couple of years ago. I know some ladies that got had the same deal where they were going one direction and and she said, Wow, exclamation point, exclamation point. She said, it really scared the shit out of me. So I think at some level, I mean, frankly, she, she never said I got abducted. She never even saw a UFO, right? But she 
when she told me she had this identical experience, and I'm thinking, what are the chances? Of course, I've had a lot of this crap happen where I have these oddball things. But I'm thinking, what are the chances the lady that comes to buy my tractor 30 years later almost is going to tell me this crazy story basically of missing time, going the wrong direction, and it all happened at the Thompson Road exit of US-23. I'm like, who's even going to believe this? I wouldn't believe it if I heard it. From, I mean, if I heard it from somebody, I'd be like, is this dude making this up? Is he exaggerating? I mean, I'm going to take a half a Xanax, man. I can't even talk about this shit without getting screwed. <laughs> so let's talk about PTSD. I mean, I was diagnosed with it. I'm not kidding. I think that's my diagnosis. I made some I made some comment on YouTube the other day. I said about UFOs. I said, and I'm not schizophrenic. And some guy said, well, you don't know if you're schizophrenic or not. That's like a broken piece of equipment saying I'm not broken. Or I said, dude, I spent four years talking to a social worker. And the only diagnosis I got was PTSD. But, um, you know, like they would know. But, yeah, I thought that was just an amazing thing. And when she said that, I was like, I walked in and said to Linda, I said, you are not going to believe what this woman just said to me. I was like, this is not even real. Either either hundreds or thousands of people. I sent a thing to, remember Alex? Yeah. I sent him, I had not heard from him in about a year. And I sent him a text and he was like, holy moly. He said either hundreds or, well, he said, are hundreds or thousands of people getting abducted at the same spot? And I'm like, thinking, I don't know, or am I just finding him? I mean, or are they sent to you? I mean, this well, woman that was sound, buying your it sounds, tractor. Yeah, it sounds way out, but I've had, in my case, my exposure mostly to this blue light thing, it altered, it did affect my consciousness because you know about that incident and everybody's heard it, where I was at a wedding reception, introduced to a guy oh, yeah. after a few minutes sat down, drank a glass of wine. I never drank, but I was having anxiety real bad and jumped out of my chair and ran over to the guy and said, you've had a really weird close-up UFO experience, haven't you? And he went, as a matter of fact, yes, I have. That tells me this crazy-ass story, just kind of like mine. <laughs> and I have no idea. I, I, I never even believed in psychic stuff or, but I saw this like story in my head, like, like an electrical shock. I mean, and you know, the, the messed up part about all this stuff is that I remember, I really liked, was it John Yost, the guy that you had? Yes. He said, you have this gigantic piece of knowledge. I mean, I don't know what it is, but I know that there's this other thing that we don't understand. There's these beings, apparently, flying around. I don't know what they are, who they are, but but something affected my consciousness. And it, it seems like these odd things keep happening. When she said this to me, I just was absolutely stunned. I didn't even tell her. She said it, and I didn't even tell her at that point anything. I didn't go, I know some ladies. I just went, what the hell is, you know, there's my wife. She's a star in the house anyway like me i just i don't know i just thought that tractor story was nuts and then like you said i'm like are they <clears throat> is there some cosmic thing that's happening that 
<coughs> that brought her here or, or are thousands and thousands of people being abducted? And what it's would- it's like one of two things, right? It's either either yeah. somehow they are finding you, you finding them, or yeah, so many people are being abducted in that area they just don't even know it. Well, she has no uh, like. Well, what what I found fascinating, and I made a little video and stuck it on the Facebook group thing. There, I actually yep. made one for YouTube. It blew blew me away. It kind of. Those things are interesting, but it also kind of gets me kind of stirred up. And it kind of, there's a stress thing involved with it for me, too. I'm like, I'm, I'm like, God, dog, are these guys manipulating me or, or this thing? Or I'm like, you know, what is this? And uh, uh, what got me was she made, she said, she told me this story in response to the question, have you ever seen a UFO? And her answer was no, but this, you know, and I'm like, yeah. And, and it was the same kind of thing that happened to those ladies and your coworkers. The same spot, man. The same spot the same going spot. the wrong way. Yeah. I mean, Come on. I, I was like, I really don't know of other people who have seen you. You know, one of the things sucks being me. And, you know, I'm a regular guy. I'm, I was a musician. Really, I, I worked in sales a little bit, but the last 30 years, mostly I've remodeled houses. You know, I do plumbing, drywall, electrical. Right. You know, I mean, I got it this place. Everything you see here, I built myself. I mean, I'm an ordinary guy. I mean, I'm not some dude with a crazy-ass podcast, you know, making jokes and, you know, trying to trying to get money and you know this dumb, mm-hmm. this shit got dumped in my lap you know i mean i well here's I, something dorothy's been listening and she says i wonder if it isn't already more like the x-files episode where Mulder and scully discover the files with their names and blood samples or genetic codes or something like everyone's chipped it could be and then she says tagged as in an experimental lab animal. Yeah, it could be. I mean, it's that's a good point, Dorothy. By the way, Dorothy, I'd love to hear you. You wrote, had written in the chat that you, had, you know, had complex PTSD and you've had experiences. Love to hear them sometime. Yes, uh, Dorothy, you're going to have to come on the show and and talk to us or send us a detailed email and we'll we'll read it out. But I think uh, I think Dorothy, you need to come on here and yeah. Yeah, talk. Just- Tell your story. Yep. For it's sure. Like, it's kind of a family member. You know, you need to. Yeah. Well, you know, it, it, the reason I call her mom is because she looks an awful like an awful lot like my mom. Yeah. Who passed away a long time ago. And uh, first name is exactly the same. Really? And, yeah. And, and here we are. Here we are talking about you know, the same stuff and, and we've been brought together in this way, uh, through goof on through Richie. So very just dude, the, this stuff is so weird, man. It's my, and, uh, metal head too. Really weird, man. Mine's Me- been metal head in chat, yeah. right? He, he said, uh, uh he's going to send us his story. Yeah, but, um, yeah. he, he was abducted by a triangular craft in the seventies. He had said in chat. 
Yeah, I believe it. <laughs> you don't have to convince me. I, I'd love to hear his. There's a couple of metalhead. There's another fellow, and I can't think of his name. And Rick's uh, has seen odd stuff. You yep. know, it would be Rick fun one night to just have. And those folks always show up for the, your videos. You had to do a invite them in and, instead of me. And I just wanted yeah. to share that tractor thing because I wanted to see what. I mean, I just can't figure. It's driving me nuts. I'm like, did they? Is there some crazy ass thing afoot? Well, it's happened a couple of times. I was getting my blood drawn, and uh, like in 2009, and a guy had just paid me ten bucks to write a about seeing the UFO, the original thing. I hadn't even had that blue light thing yet, and he had a website and he had a bunch of websites. He had one about UFO banking websites, and he'd give me like ten bucks to write an article. And I'd just written an article about that, and I was getting my yearly physical, and they sent me down to the phlebotomy lab to have my blood drawn. It's a little tiny room. There's a nurse, and there's a gal that sat at matronly gal that sat at a desk in this tiny room, and she's sitting there. She ran the phlebotomy thing, and she had a kind of a spacey wallpaper on her computer, and I just put that on. And I had I used to be freaky about blood tests, and I'd have to think about anything else. And I says to her, I says, hey, you should go on the internet, go to this website, and read this article I wrote about seeing a big triangle UFO between Baldwin and Thompson Roads, you know, because I'm trying to not think about getting blood drawn back then, right? And she turns to me kind of weird. She says, my neighbors saw that. He's an attorney, and she's a teacher at Mott. And I, and I said, they saw, yeah, she said they saw a huge triangle, the same spot, you know, and I said, uh, what'd they think? And she said, they thought it was the end of the world. She said they drove home as fast as they could, just in a horrible panic, thinking that it was like this apocalyptic thing. That's kind of how I, it scared the hell out of me. I mean, dude, that's how I felt when, when I heard that voice in my head that said, you guys don't belong here. You know, you don't belong here. Get away. You don't belong here. But, um, Janine, in chat, she says, you guys read my story I sent to you on October 23rd, 2022, where I said the craft was so low and loud that I thought it was a plane wow. crashing. Then it made a loud boom, sky cracked open. I think I have PTSD. Probably do. Probably. So, well, and as, you know, like close with buildings and how populated Detroit is and with us that close to the airport, I it easily could have you know could have been that that was crazy that's and you know what i think that's part of what was so scary for you guys and for me is that in both of those situations there was it was so abnormal like i was on a freeway and in my case there were cars and it was like really really low like right there with these brilliant lights nobody's even slowing down nobody's hitting their brakes nobody's pulling over I think in retrospect, they couldn't see it. And I think in your case, probably you and maybe some other people could see it, but most people couldn't see it. You know, the people that we heard from that said that they saw the triangle that same night were from different areas around here, like Willow Run uh, uh, on the west side of the state. But we haven't heard from anybody on that same night that saw it the same time we did. And there were cars around. It was two 30 in the morning, approximately. But there were still cars, but there were still cars. I mean, you're talking Ford road in two seventy five. Oh, yeah. 
And these things like showing, yeah, these things seem to like showing up in, I don't know what it is, but it's like major intersections of highways, expressways, interstates, and other roads. It's almost like, here, take a quick look at us. We're going to freak you out. Right. And then we're going to disappear. Well, you, you kind of know, you look at, given their technology, whatever, whoever they are, us from the future, interdimensional, interplay, I don't know what they are. But here's whatever they are, if they didn't want you to see them, based on the technology I've seen, you wouldn't have seen them. They would cloak. Yeah. yeah. They, they wanted you to see it. Period. The end. They absolutely... Knew you could see it, and they probably wanted you to for whatever their purposes might be. So, yeah, well, because of that, here we are. Yeah, it's the only reason why we're here, honestly. So, Hellfire says, What's the otomy called when they rip your frontal lobe out through your nose? That's a lobotomy, <laughs> or they, they'll go in through the eye socket, right. They can go in through the eye socket to get to that frontal lobe. They don't do that much anymore. Somebody so. bought me a bottle of, I don't drink, which stinks because I don't, but everything I get gift-wise, somebody bought me a bottle of booze for my birthday. Oh, my God. That is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Who wants it? It's like vodka or something. I can't drink it. <laughs> An alien head full of I, alcohol. I, seriously, I don't drink at uh, all. Is I it can't. bad that the teacher here is saying me? <laughs> you can have it. I'll trade you this for one of them cool coffee cups. There you go, Wayne. All right. No, I'm kidding you. <laughs> Everybody should check out the, their merch shop and get a coffee cup. I got a T-shirt. I might get a coffee cup. I'm feeling kind of fiscally irresponsible. That is cute. I wonder where they found an alien head with alien. I have an alien ashtray. I do. It's really we've cool. Got, I mean, we've got some other alien coffee cups and stuff. Yeah. Oh, salt and pepper shakers. I found <laughs> salt and pepper shakers yeah. at Cracker Barrel. <laughs> at Cracker Barrel? Yeah, and oh. they, they were flying saucers. It was a flying saucer. Cracker Barrel has had their consciousness raised. Uh, well, and it was like drawing <laughs> up like this little cow into the beam. Yep. I wish. Where did it go? Uh, we put it away so it wouldn't get broken. <laughs> yeah. The cat's like finding it. So take a boat. I want to know what the chat I can't see it. All right, so people that are in chat right now, if you heard Guy's story and you think that these are more than just coincidences and just uh, yeah. there, there's some type of synchronicities, go ahead and put one in the chat right now. Let's see what we get. Because that's, Wayne, you can imagine, that's that's what I wonder is, is like, is, am I just fine? Is it so many, is it thousands of people or am I just finding them? And why are they? Showing up, you know, why am I finding him at the doctor's office coming to buy my tractor? I'm like, what the hell? You know, so far we got three ones, man. Three ones, either that or there's like a, a cosmic opening to another dimension right there in your area. I know this as long as this stuff keeps happening, I'm not going to quit smoking, <laughs> it's not or taking Xanax, you know, because I can't drink. So I don't do any drugs. Well, Xanax and blood pressure medicine. But anyway, PC, I love you guys. All right. Good see to you see guy. you. Have a good night. Hopefully Dolly shows up. And you should get some of these folks like uh, 
Dorothy and uh, oh, and everybody, Rick, and uh, that you know, yeah. come on and just grab a webcam and you know, tell us your story. Yeah. That's would be interesting. Come on I was in. gonna say we've got plenty of time this I'll summer. We might have to do another round table. Yeah, do a live round table. Yeah, do a round table with everyone. It'll be interesting. I think it's fun. All right, I'm gonna get out so in case maybe Dolly will show up. All right, man. Sounds right. good. Thanks for jumping in. Oh, uh, thanks for having me. All right. All, All right. right. So Metalhead says there's no such thing as coincidence. Hey, Metalhead yep. said, give me a link. I'll talk. All right. Metalhead, just email us real quick. Here, I'll put the email in. Go ahead, shoot us an email, and I will cut and paste the link in for you and have you jump on. Very interested in hearing this story because it sounds. If you don't know who Terry Lovelace is in his book about the incident at Devil's Den, I'm going to be very, very surprised on what you tell us and how much it will relate to that same. We'll see. We'll see. So, but if, you, if your stories are very, very close, then you might have had the same experience. So just go ahead and shoot us an email at that email address and I will send you the link to come on the show. It's uh, it's viewer calling night, Michelle. Hey, that's what it became. So thanks everybody for joining us. It won't let you nuts. cut. <laughs> Charlie was choking. He keeps eating sticks. Oh. Ugh. Metalhead said it won't let me cut. That's weird. Now, if we can't get it to work tonight, there's always, yeah. we've got a, I mean, we've got all summer coming up except for a couple escapes from Michigan. Yeah. We, we got a couple, uh, a couple little vacays we're going to take off and get going away out, from Michigan for a little bit. Going out west to do some <clears throat> sky watching. Yep. We'll be in Nevada and Nevada, California. Checking things out. So. You know, guy, I don't know. I don't know what's going on with Dolly. Maybe she forgot. I mean, she could be experiencing weather, though, too. I don't know where she's from. So. Yeah, we're going to head out to Tahoe, Dorothy, for uh, our wedding anniversary, since that's where we got married, and it's amazing well, to watch the sky. Our anniversary trip is actually back to Laughlin. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Our after anniversary trip to celebrate our anniversary. Yeah, because we got married <laughs> in, we got married uh, at Emerald Bay in Lake Tahoe in the California side. So we're celebrating our sixth wedding anniversary. Yeah, Bullhead City and Laughlin are very, very cool. Yeah, we're going to be there uh, about mid to late July with my best friend and her husband. So getting okay. her getting her out of the house to go on a trip. All right, he said he sent it. Okay, so I'm just waiting for it to show up here. <clears throat> so, yeah, so, oh, man, Michelle, the news. Oh, my God, this week. 
NASA. What is going on with NASA? What Four is this? Hours. <laughs> what is going on with this, what man? Was it? Like 12 scientists and one retired astronaut? Some, yeah. NASA wants to get in on this. I know everybody was talking about it. So, come on. Waiting for for Metalhead's email. Address not valid. mi.ufo.podcast. Did I type it in wrong? What about doing an invite through StreamYard? Well, I just don't want him to put his email address out there. mi.ufo.podcast at gmail.com. Well, how about this? How about we go to a commercial? Yeah, let's go ahead and take a break. We'll we'll go to a commercial. That way, hopefully, we can, you know, figure out how to get Metalhead on. Amuamua42 is here. Welcome. Just in time for a quick break. So, uh, Dolly has not shown up yet, so maybe she'll show up for the last little part of the show, and we can talk to her. But, uh, yeah, let's go ahead, and we're going to run a, oh, oh, my God, Michelle. What's going on right now? Contact in the desert. There you go. So that's over tomorrow. So, all right, peeps. Wait a minute. Wait. Okay. Metalhead just emailed me. All right. Now, before we bring them on, let's go ahead and take this quick break. Thanks, everybody. We'll be right back. Traveling near New Boston, Michigan? Hungry? Well, then you need to check out New Boston Coney and Grill tucked away at 37005 Huron River Drive. With daily specials, homemade soups and desserts, and a staff that makes you feel like family, you will not be disappointed. Give them a try for dine-in or carry-out at 734-606-5313. You can find their page, including their menu, on Facebook. Bon Appetit! The ninth Annual Contact in the Desert Conference happens the weekend of June 2nd at the beautiful Renaissance Resort near Palm Springs, California. Join me, George Norrie, to discover what's next from speakers such as Graham Hancock, Richard Dolan, Nick Pope, Stephen Bassett, and over 50 other top researchers. Come make contact with new friends and discover the latest fascinating information from the fields of UFO studies, artificial intelligence, psychic phenomenon, and more. Reserve your seat now at contactinthedesert.com. And we are back. So here we are. So instead of having just one guest tonight, Michelle. We get three. We get three. (laughs) At least three. So let's go ahead and bring on Metalhead. So Metalhead, come on in. Hello, everybody. Hey, Hey. face with a name. Yes. How's it going, my friend? Going well. Going well. All right. So. I'm going to bring Dorothy in as well so she can kind of hang out here and, and listen in and chime sure. in. So Dorothy has decided to join us. Dorothy. Hi, Dorothy. Hi, Mom. <laughs> Hi, everybody. <laughs> Good seeing you. All right. So let's go ahead and start with, with uh, Metalhead here. So Metalhead, what what is your story, man? Uh, I'm, I'm blown away when you started talking about the 70s and... Well, wait, let me kind of start um 
I was born in 62. Uh, I was born with like really bad eyes and a bunch of other things. I wasn't born perfect. Let's just put it that way. Had a lot of health problems. By the time I was five, I guess you could call them shadow people. They were coming in my, I shared a room with my older brother. And he would say he saw them too. At certain times of the night, like you wake up. And in my, from my memory, they were all, I always thought they were kids because they were short, but they had like these big heads. I can only see silhouettes, never details, ever. Um, and that, that went on for quite a while, uh, easily until I was nine or 10. And then I guess fast forward when I was 15, it was a couple of days after my birthday in August. And I was with my older brother and school was getting ready to start, right? A couple of days later. And I was also with a neighbor. In my area, it was semi-rural, you know, a lot of trees, but there was buildings and houses and whatnot. This isn't one of the suburbs of uh, L.A. It's called San Gabriel Valley. Anyways, there was a there's a junior college that's up on a hill that had many levels of parking. Right back in the seventies, there was no parking lights. There was no security. There was, no, you know, you you guys remember if you remember back then. Anyways, we went up there with the plan of smoking some weed. Straight up, that was our our whole plan. We just wanted to go up, smoke a joint, and then go home and start school the next day or whatever it was, right? My brother, who was four years older, he had the car, so he drove us up there. And as soon as we got out, something compelled probably all three of us to look up. And all I can say sitting very low in the trees because these were really tall trees within the parking structure and around the whole college. You couldn't even see the main building from the normal street. There were so many trees. But this thing managed to fit pretty much over the college and past it. It was a black triangle is what I'm talking about. It had to be 100 yards on each, each side. Had to have been. It was incredibly large. And on each corner, there was very dim. And I mean, so dim, you can, you can barely see it. And on the inside, there was three lights, blue, red, and green, but in a triangle, right in the middle. And I remember, and those were very dim as well. And there was no sound. And all I can remember in a blink of an eye, and I mean a blink of an eye, mind you, okay, let me go back just one second. I remember when we got out, I looked at my watch because it was a birthday watch, right? My dad gave me or whatever. And I remember looking at the time, it was a little bit after 8.30. In the blink of an eye, all three of us are in different parts of the parking lot. One of them's on that same level, my brother's on another level, and then I'm on the top level. And we're like, everybody's like, what, you know, WTF. <laughs> uh, and I remember looking up. And as soon as I looked up, this thing, in, in a, another blink of an eye, I guess, 
I guess you could say transport it because it, you you see us maybe a very small streak, but then all of a sudden it was miles out there. And when I looked, there was five or six other lights that were doing, you know, floating in, in various, uh, <laughs> doing stunts. Let's just put it that way. And what was funny, that one added to it. So it was like, looking back, I looked, man, that was its, you know, <laughs> partners out there, however many miles they were. And the other thing, there was police helicopters everywhere. Because I could see the city, because I was sitting on top of the hill, right? And and I mean, plethora of helicopters, but never a news story. Are you sure they were police helicopters and not military? They could have been military, okay. you know. Uh, I remember seeing one police helicopter specifically, but then, you know, there had to be because they were everywhere. And, you know, you can all you can see are lights and, you know, they're helicopters uh, because of the way they're flying and, you know, and and they're low. Uh, I ran ran down the hill, got my brother. We looked at each other. We didn't even say anything. We just wanted to make sure we were okay. Came down, looked, got my neighbor. And I looked down and it was a quarter to 12. Now, in our mind, this is like all taking place within 10 seconds. You know what and I'm you saying? Lost, you lost about three and a half hours or so? Somewhere around there. And, wow. And uh, we got in the car. No, my brother didn't say anything. I was sitting in the back seat with my neighbor for some reason. I don't know why. Nobody sat in the front seat with my brother. And my neighbor, who was a football dude in high school, and he was huge. He goes, I will crack your skull if you tell anybody this story. <laughs> and I mean it. Yeah. He goes, we don't say shit. And I looked at him and I, I kind of followed his lead because, you know, he was like two grades ahead of me and, you know, sure. football dude, all that. Here I was a little skinny guitar player, you know? Yeah. And, uh, we, you know, you, you said about what, 300 feet. That sounds he, about right. I mean, the one that we saw, we, I would estimate was about a hundred yards. It was about the size of a football field in length wise. Right. And, you know, I wish I could say it all ended there, uh, but it didn't. Um, it never seems to. It just, you know, it. This has been following me ever since, I guess, fought my, you know, I can remember, I suppose. You know, it, one form or another. I mean, I've had experiences with my wife. I live here in. Uh, Southern California, I live in the desert now, living here 30 years. It's the Antelope Valley. It's really close to Edwards Air Force Base and a lot of aerospace, lot, Plant 42. It's yep. only like three miles from my house. And, you know, so I know there's a lot of testing that goes on out here. But there's other weird Anyways, we used to go fishing uh, to the Eastern Sierras. I don't know if you guys heard of Mammoth Mountain. It's a uh, it's a very popular ski place uh, during the winter. Anyways, I'm a, oh, this is during the spring. 
And long story short, my wife and I hiked up to this really uh, uh, high lake where nobody was fishing, right? And I was trying to catch some brown trout or something like that, whatever was on my mind. And we go there, and I'm telling you, within three minutes, maybe less, <laughs> out of nowhere, I see this big rock, you know, way down the, the pond, right? It was like a big, more of a big, huge pond. Especially in Michigan, that's what you guys would call it. <laughs> and it was a huge rock, came out of nowhere. And at first I thought, all right, maybe it just got loose and rolled down the hill. So I'm fishing, fly fishing. Second late, well, a couple of minutes later, there's what looks to be a very big tree branch thrown from that same area. But I'm not seeing anything. I'm not hearing anything other than these things are being tossed somehow. The final straw was a bigger rock and it was closer to us and still didn't see nothing, didn't hear nothing. And this, mind you, this is back in like 92, 93. Uh, it's funny. I didn't think much of it other than maybe a, a bear was up there. But then I thought bears don't throw rocks and they don't throw wood. Uh, we got the heck out of there and never saw anything. However, we did see these things being thrown in and it was all now I look back, maybe it was a big foot of some cryptid, some something. I don't know. I don't know who threw through those things. So just things like this throughout my life. Um especially when I moved out here in ninety-two. Uh the desert has a lot of weird, very weird things going on out here. Uh, you know, I've I've tried to document quite a bit uh, on infrared film, uh, the things that are like flying in the valley, but you can't see it with, with your eye. So I don't know what they are. I mean, they just look like dots floating around, but they're floating around, right? Uh, others, gosh, with, when was this? Probably eight, nine years ago. I used to have a bad case of insomnia and I'd go out into the backyard and smoke a cigarette. Right. And, uh, you look a clear night. I think it was either summer or spring. I'm not sure. It was just really clear. Um, I hear this buzzing sound coming from the uh, West coming towards me to the East. They're coming. I'm sitting there looking. This, mind you, this is before people, everybody had a cell phone too. Uh, early 2000s, I'm going to say that, is before I had anything worth of, worthy <laughs> of filming. But I didn't have it with me anyways. There were five saucers in formation, just like a triangle, but there were saucers. And the moon was shining very bright that night. I don't know if it was a full moon, but it was bright. And I could see it shine and it would look kind of chromish silver. And I got a real good look of it because they flew really low over our neighborhood. And I mean low, but there was a buzz uh, that I heard. And I, I felt as, I mean, these were five of them, I guess, buzzing all at the same time. And they were going quick and they were headed East, which is funny 
towards Edwards Air Force Base, which is east, just east of me. Uh, all these things. And then... Uh, well, it's like Guy says here, just to interrupt you for a second, he says, it's like me, just odd, odd shit. It, right. It's just <laughs> one fucking thing after another. Um, I will tell you, after I turned 15... Uh, my addiction became really bad to drugs. Um, really bad because I, I just think I couldn't at that time wrap my head around what the heck happened. Exactly. And, you know, fortunately for me, uh, <clears throat> I ultimately got clean. And I... Uh, Shit, by that time, I bought a house within a year after getting clean. The, the one I'm in now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, well, do, do you have any recollection of what happened in those three and a half hours? Do you have any, like, scars, you know, anything medical? I, well, look, I'm not going to show it to nobody because it's pretty close to the private parts. Not a problem. <laughs> but, <laughs> but there's a triangle scar there. And it's been there ever since. And wow. now that I I just, well, I'm getting ready to turn 61 in uh, August. Uh, as you know, your skin starts, the gravity starts dropping your skin a little bit. And now it's, it's bumps in a triangle. It's Does really, it feel like there's something under your skin at all? I can't feel it at all topically okay let me tell you something though my wife and i never had biological kids we tried and we tried and it wasn't for lack of trying or making that decision we wanted kids um never happened we ended up well she had two other nephews that were uh either going to go to a foster home or whatever and we took them in when they were babies and now they're all grown up we raised them um, but, and I always think part of that reason, they just, they, they messed with my reproductive, you know, I ain't going to lie. I'm not going to be ashamed of that. It could be, I don't know for sure. You know, I have the only insurance I have is like HMO. Uh, it really stands for, uh, they don't give a shit <laughs> about exactly. anything. Yeah. Other than if you, if you want a script of something or, you know. Yeah, they'll they'll be happy to uh, get you addicted to something, right? Oh, yeah. They did that, too, for a while. Painkillers and whatever. Right, yeah. The, uh, the pills are the answers for everything. Right. Man. Uh, what, yeah, that's... And, and there's more stories, but I'll stop. Fair enough, <laughs> man. Fair enough. That was... up, I don't want to hog up your uh, whole time. No, man, that that's great. Send us some emails, man. We'll we'll read some of your accounts for sure. Okay. If you you have some of those pictures and things, we'll put them up. Yeah, I'll uh, uh yeah, I'll have some videos I can send over. You know, some I some of them are long because they're interesting. Uh, because it is with the uh, uh, infrared red camera. Yeah, I've had quite. I've gone through quite a few of different ones, but over the years, but I've caught. You know, at first you think, oh, it's just a satellite, right? 
Then another satellite crosses its path at a slower speed and then really slows down and then just keeps going. And then also, I mean, I have caught what I would call a traffic jam of things going at least eight to 10 at the same time, just crossing paths. And I don't think satellites get that close. And I mean, unless somebody can tell me different, because I don't know. Well, dude, like that. Other things. As Guy says here, thanks uh, so much for sharing, man, dude, thanks a lot for coming on and talking about your accounts and we'll, we'll get some more from you and we'll, we'll I'll talk send, more I'll, for sure. I'll send some stuff over to you and you can, you know, yeah. you don't want to show it. You don't have to show it. I, it doesn't make a difference to me. And if you okay. do whatever, that's cool. All right. Well, thanks metalhead. We're going to go ahead and send okay, you back and take care. Thank you. Sorry. I'm so long winded. <laughs> no, dude, it's absolutely fine. All Have right. a good night, man, and enjoy the rest of the show. Dorothy. Thank you for allowing me to uh, share. I appreciate Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Have a good right. one, man. Thank you. Dorothy, Dorothy, what's going on? Well, that was incredible, wasn't it? I mean, wow. Yeah, let, uh, let's just say it was a coincidence that he has a, a scar on his lower abdomen mm-hmm. of a triangle. <laughs> yeah, and I had an encapsulated, supposedly encapsulated wasp or hornet stinger in my arm that my doctor, you know, like when I was 35, 40, had to remove because it didn't move through and it and it got encapsulated. I mean, she could not get it cut to biopsy it to find out what it was. There was something so hard. It had crystallized or something or another mm. tissue grew around it. She had to cut into my arm to get it out. So, and it was a bump and it was a definite bump and it was interfering with my, with my left shoulder movement. Okay. And so it didn't, she, it didn't. It was a, a supposedly a sting, like a stinger. Well, the only thing I can think of is, okay. In, in childhood where I lived in Janesville, uh, at, at the time I lived there, people weren't aware of things like ground nests and especially little children playing on the yard. Yeah. You know? And uh, I accidentally sat on the top of one and they started jumping out and swarming us and we had to run away. And I remember getting, you know, stung in my arm and stung a whole bunch of places. But that's the only thing I could think of that had happened to me. That would make something be stuck there and get encapsulated with tissue and so forth. It didn't bother me for years, but being a lifelong piano player, you know, over time you get certain muscles yeah. built up. And so it was interfering with my piano playing. It was giving me pain. It was weird. And it wasn't something I had developed, you know, because you can develop weird problems. So anyway, yeah, the idea that we're all chipped somehow <laughs> from an early age. Uh it's not so out of the realm. I don't. It, think. it really does not seem like it, does it? No, not at all. Not at all. Um, the reason I wanted to come on at a different time is that my story is kind of complex. Uh, I've had very unusual experiences in my connections to other people in the world that are connected with this subject in some way, I suppose, uh, is kind of weird. And more synchronistic stuff has been happening since my son passed away that I can even recount in a few minutes here, you know, I know you're uh, 
viewers can't, you know, sit still for another hour and a half. That other interview, the first one I ever gave, I saved Jeff's show one time. Hollywood was supposed to appear, and she didn't appear. And I just jumped onto the stream 20 minutes before, and somebody suggested in the chat that I come up and tell my story. And so I Yeah, so so know. those of you uh, listening um, and just joining us after our quick break, um, we were supposed to have da Dolly Safran on and talk about her story and abduction throughout her whole life since the time she was 14. And unfortunately, she has not shown up. So we have turned this into a viewer slash listener calling show. And people were yelling and wanting Dorothy to come on and talk a little bit about what's going on with her. So, you know, Dorothy, we, hey we got to get this out there. So. Well, yeah. Um, the thing about the complex PTSD is that many people around the world by this time are suffering from one degree or another of something of this kind. And I think a lot of it's multi-generational. I just saw a documentary all about how planned obsolescence came in with the light bulb. And it was at one time a work relief program during the depression make things cheaper with with worse parts or convince people they they figured out how to convince people that the thing they had was bad and out of date one suggestion was to declare things legally dead after a certain period and if you were using them you're going to have to pay a tax on it you know what i'm saying it's been around yeah. for a long time well and, you know uh, this, just how are we getting to this this whole system of we won't own anything and we'll be happy. It was amazing the history of how we've been programmed by propaganda from a long time ago. And I was programmed by sci-fi from an early age. I'm the young, yeah. I was the youngest for nine years in my family and uh, all my siblings were much older than me. I came along really late, like 12 years into my family. So next hey, sibling up was So did I. Yeah, I was I was the eighth of eight. Was a boy, and and he was four years older than me. Then my three sisters came, and so they were seven, eight, and eleven years older than me. Right? So guess you know guess who's the resentful first sister <laughs> who had to babysit every single kid who came after her? Oh man, you know. <laughs> but you know, hey, just uh, real quick, Dorothy, I something maybe you can look into later. I know that they have. I don't want to say they've proven it without a doubt, but um, when you're talking about PTSD, they've pretty much uh, come forward and said that trauma is transferred via genetic code now. Like, well, all it, and and also for all the named maladies that the pharmaceutical industry is so jumped upon, and you know, sure they're right. There's no real legitimate scientific tests for anything they claim it's all clusters of symptoms and they're doing symptom management the way they are and the rest of sick care yep uh and, and they don't even know how it works and they don't test the long-term effects of things they don't test it on enough people and now people are getting you know uh reactions to the pills that they took to take you know, the edge off of whatever else was going on, you know, especially pain meds, you know, that whole scheme that they were. Yeah. And then they need to take pills to counteract the pills. <laughs> every human experience. What I went through is what I consider 
a shamanistic awakening. This is way shamans would be awakened. What, what the shaman saw in a mental hospital is the greatest article I ever saw. It's uh, what happens is this kind of thing where you're getting voices and you're getting, you know, presences and you're getting this and you're getting that. It's supposed to be that you're going into a different state of your consciousness where you become a community healer. And I knew this in coded form from my own religious training, which is not formal, but it's extensive through the family line. I had all these weirdos showing up in penguin suits and weird costumes to every family party, you know, strange hats, weird collars, you know, the flying nun kind of thing. And they were ubiquitous in my family. And I just don't know that side. That was my mom's side of the family. We only count the men's side of the family and Jeanette in the family histories we're writing or our surnames and stuff right now, you know, but I had my genetic line traced back and I get this. My name is Hawkins, right? There was that infamous slaver and shipbuilder who started the whole slave trade for the Europeans to the Americans, right? So I hope I'm not related to that guy. I hope I don't find out I'm related to that guy, but there's plenty of genetics there. But I'm related to like 13 disparate places on the earth. Okay, get this. I am Peruvian, Chinese, Sri Lankan, Punjabi, Gujarat, it, uh, yeah, Gujaraji, uh, Chinese, Dai, uh, Puerto Rican, um, I'm Iberian, Tuscany, Italy is part of my heritage, of course, uh, Britain, uh, probably uh, plenty of German in there, and Irish, and, and Norwegian is all I ever knew, and that's just such a weird thing for a Hawkins. Well, maybe it wasn't weird for Hawkins living in Norway, you know, because that was all, it was all mixed up back then, you know, we're all mutts. That's what I'm trying to get after. And if we can't get after the idea that we're all related genetically as humans, how are we ever going to relate to uh, something so other as alien? That's what I guess my point is, you know, it's like, mm -hmm. and so I think the aliens are showing up to children at young ages in code form, like I had with this whole thing. Okay, so I'll set the scene. I'm okay. eight years old. No, I'm nine years old. I just had eye surgery on the day that JFK was assassinated. This is what part of why I'm calling this my coincidental life when I'm writing it up here. Uh, <laughs> yeah, okay. And 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 when I was when I was um Nine years old, I had that surgery on November 22nd, 1963. I woke up in the recovery room and the nurses were crying and I thought I died. Uh, don't, don't ever let anybody tell you that ether was an okay thing because it took me five days to wake up and I had to walk around with double patches on both eyes, right? You know, it was like really bad. Okay, so that was, that was November, right, of 63. And in January of 64, we moved from Janesville to Brookfield, a suburb of Milwaukee, Wisconsin, because my dad got a better job. And it was a new school. And we had a sister who was uh, developmentally delayed, per but not exactly. It was like the neural wiring wasn't complete because she was born too 
early after the other one. And mom's body was depleted. So it wasn't really all that healthy, you know, and they, and they were also children of the depression. And at that time, their diets weren't as rich as they were later when they got successful. So a lot of my older siblings have things that my later, you know, siblings and I don't have, you know, just because they were born in a time when people didn't know as much about nutrition and stuff, but this, this thing. Okay. So we moved, I had the eye surgery, which was really intense on the day that JFK died. And that was intense. Uh, and it was a new school and the sibling was always acting out wrong and not really understanding what was wrong. You know, it's like, Whoa, okay. So I had this dream at, under these circumstances, we had just moved to this new place outside of Milwaukee. And I was crying in my bed. It was just like, everybody isn't real here. You know, it's like, nobody's real here. We're all playing actors or something. You know, it was like, I couldn't understand the squabbles of my older siblings, my older sisters, you know, and my brother's always brushing me off because I'm a girl. You know, <laughs> my mother gave him hell and then he had police. Sure. You know, uh, but uh, so I had this dream and the aliens came and took me on a ride and I don't know how I got there, but I remember the dream out of all the incredible numbers of dreams I've had over this, you know, almost seven decades or, you know, I'm just, I just turned 68. So, you know, it, it's, it, it's the one dream I can remember in vivid detail. And I was there, I was going around Saturn with them. That's where I wanted to go because it was pretty and it had rings that I had seen a picture of it. And there we were, boom. And in later years, I did a lot of lucid dreaming. You know, it's like I had my dream theater. I'd go back to my hometown because I used to walk all over Janesville when it was small and safe. And uh, I walked down to the new parking lot structure. That's what my girlfriends and I would do when we were young and living there. And 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 we learned how the parking lot structure worked because that was the coolest thing in town. It was the newest thing. And so I'd slip into the parking lot. You know, I'd like go run this whole sequence in my mind before I get to the dream I wanted. And by that time, I was on to the man from Uncle. But, you know, uh, I would have this whole lucid dreaming thing. But then later, there were these other circumstances. And then uh, the whole thing with the PTSD developing into complex PTSD, it might have happened without my son becoming ill at age 13 with juvenile diabetes. But uh, there was a significant incident about a month after he was diagnosed. He'd had his morning breakfast and he'd had his insulin. And he went out onto the ice on the lake we were living on to go out to the fishing shack with Mike, who was our next door neighbor and our really good friend. And uh, as he was coming back, he was starting to feel shaky. And when he got to the lawn, he fell over by our neighbor's house and started convulsing in the snow. He had forgotten to take a snack out to the ice shack and none of us figured he burned too many calories because it was cold that day, you see and uh, the paramedics had to come. And I had that kit where you mix up the powder and the liquid and I messed it up. And it set me up for having starting panic attacks a month later. Sure. Uh, and over the years, my son had very many emergencies. A, a juvenile diabetic can die in 20 minutes from a sugar low like he had. 
And so it messed, it messed me up. I became so hypervigilant, I couldn't sleep right. And I had a full-time job teaching over 100 students a day, full-time in a public school, you know, like a really good public school. Yeah. Uh, teaching music to all the kids in the school. <laughs> so, and concerts and all this other stuff that I'm sure. doing. You know, this is like a busy single mom's life here. And so over time, I lost so much sleep that uh, I actually cracked up after I got away from a, an abusive guy. You know, it's like when you're when you're falling into these things like traumatic stress, you, you just think you're being yourself. But after a point, you just go, oh, my gosh, I'm going to work the thing I used to love to do. And all of a sudden, my palms are sweaty and I'm crying. You know, it's like that's yep. where the complex part came. But when I escaped the abusive boyfriend and had to move my son down carload by carload undercover night because he had threatened to kill him because I was breaking up with this guy. Um, it, 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 my mind went into a weird place, okay? A really weird place in the recovery period, okay? Moved back down to Milwaukee with with my future in-laws and, and all these weird things happened, you know? And it's too much to tell in a very short amount of time. Let me tell about the one that I reported in 2001 and my involvement in the subject overall and why I'm so interested. 97, uh, I was on a little weekend trip with my sister rehabbing a future alternative healing center that two of my sister's friends from Harvard Divinity School uh, were going to open in this little place that used to be like a stagecoach in and they were trying to be a town, but the railroad didn't go there. So it ended up not being a town, but there's a little hotel, right? And so we're, there's like 40 people having this big party Friday night. They all sleep down in the bar with their sleeping bags because my sister and I got there early. We got the upstairs hotel rooms. Yay. But I fall asleep around 10 and I'm having trouble sleeping because of my son's problems, right? and my reactions to them. And, and so, you know, there's 40 people downstairs. I'm kind of a loud person if you haven't noticed yet. And music teachers have to be at the group sing along right before Christmas break. Oh man. Anyway, um, so I said, okay, I woke up at like two, 2.30 in the morning and uh, I said, okay, all these people are downstairs. I can't sit still like this. I got to do something. So I decided to take a drive and it's all rural out there. A lot of Wisconsin's this way. I'm sure a lot of Michigan's this way too. Rural, forested, you know, all kinds of stuff. This wasn't forested at all. It's all farmlands out here in uh, Eastern and Southeastern and up to, you know, up. I think it's even up to the point, you know, of, of the state that you see. So, um, I'm driving along and just kind of meandering over to this place called Elkhart Lake. And I, cause I had looked up in the phone book, this is way back in 97, no cell phones, no nothing, no GPS, no nothing. Uh, Elkhart Lake is a little town that somebody told me was close. And I looked it up, there was a Dunkin' Donut shop. I said, okay, I'll take a drive, go see the scenery, go see the sights. Cause it was a full moon and it was snow on the ground. It was a nice fresh snow on the ground. Well, even if it wasn't fresh out in the country, it still looks fresh all the yep. time, right? So you can really see because the snow really reflects the light. And so it's really kind of half light 
like you'd get in a partial eclipse or so, or, you know, not a total eclipse, but a partial eclipse almost. And um, so I'm driving along, driving along, look at the farmer's fields, you know, it's wide open, you know, the houses are set way back. They figured out how to put their fields up front so they didn't have to run their equipment so far to get, you know, across to do their work. So uh, all of a sudden I look over and there's these three Chevron things that are flying next to me, okay? They're off in a distance and they're up a little bit, but there's three of them. And they look like Star Trek badges. I can't I can't quite make the on a screen the way Star Trek badges look. It wasn't the classic triangle, but it was like more like this. Right. Um, and they had a, a half dome that was red on the bottom, little underneath point lights. And, and a half dome on top, probably clear. The the under the big one underneath was red, and uh, they were they were going at my speed. And the issue with this is, I am a World War II Air Force pilot's daughter, who, with his friends after the war, uh, leased or bought a plane. No, I think they leased the plane together and bought time on it and maintained it together. And so he taught me how to fly so that I could be the co-pilot while we were going to take a cross-country trip to visit our relatives out at their motel in the desert. They lived out in California, and they had a little motel. Uh, these relatives owned a, a little motel, and my uncle, he worked for one of the studios in Hollywood. So it was going to be like they're introducing me to hollywood royalty that weekend because all the stars used to go there to get away from all the cameras and the narratives that they were forced to get into you know back in those days so but the day of the trip the uncle had a heart attack well anyway i know about the principles of flying because my dad took six months to teach me all right i know how fast they have to fly i know how to land it i know kind of what the speeds are you know I mean, the crew, my dad and his friends owned a Cessna. And I looked up the cruising speed of a Cessna where you can keep going, you know, just keep going in a straight line like that. It's like something like 110 to 130, right? Yeah, those are the planes I used to fly. And there's no way at 45, 50 miles an hour on these country roads that these things were not landing. Are you with me here? But they weren't. I took a turn away and, you know, and pretty soon I'm looking around and looking around and there they are again. All right. Okay. So my dad, when I was a little kid living in Janesville, he was in the Civil Air Patrol after the war. And I learned how to signal him from the ground with my family when he'd fly over our house. Yeah. And when he'd fly over, we would, you know, if we were driving, we would, you know, do wipers on and off or, you know, and lights on and off, you know, wave your arms out the window, that kind of thing. If we were on the ground, we just wave. But um, so I did all these things from my car to let them know I knew they were there because they were playing with me. It was like I was taking turns and they were still cruising next to me. Right. And, and, and I'm like, OK, you're weird. And, and I knew, that's what made me think it was our own tech, our own advanced tech being tested somewhere, you know, in a rural area in the middle of the night. Because out in the rural area, it was the only thing on the road 
going anywhere at regular speed. So I really have a question for David Wilcock about that. So I recorded yeah. this whole thing. Oh, and the thing I forgot to mention on Jeff at Strange Recon show was as I was doing, as they were cruising next to me, they were changing or they were bouncing their radio signal off my radio somehow. And it was changing tunes and stations, but it was one of those old dial ones, you know? Yep. So, but the dial wasn't moving. It was just a station must've been changing because it was changing mid song, you know, to some other song. Which, which is really, really weird. Never happened before, never happened since. Nothing else happened in my car. But once I did all this signaling to them, they they tipped, they took their chevrons and went the way my dad would do with his airplane before to acknowledge that he got the message and then he'd take off, you know? So that's what they did. They got, they had enough of playing. And so to me, it was like, okay, they're testing something. It makes sense, you know? Why would you do it out in the middle of daytime if it's under testing? It's yeah, you know, or they're already patrolling with them over Lake Michigan, which wasn't that far away. All right. So if these things are, you know, like I don't know what kind of propulsion that would be, but to me they look more or less like the experimental aircraft I'd seen at the uh, EAA fly-in conventions at Oshkosh, Wisconsin, with my father. Uh, not not like th that shape, but the reason I didn't have any kind of a quiggy reaction was because I knew how to fly. And so I was really excited and I thought that jets and cars were real and they were here and we already had them. And I'd already learned the fact that anything we have is something the military has used and, and made it undangerous so it was suitable for civilian use. So it wasn't far-fetched to me that the jets and cars were real. You know, not at all. Right. Um, and I didn't have the quiggy reaction because I was seeing something so novel that it was freaking me out. And you think you saw five of them? Three. Oh, three of them. But they had yeah. five lights on them. Is that correct? Uh, as far as I recall, one okay. in the front under point light, one on the back point, one on the back point, and they And they were different color. And then there was a lit half dome red underneath and then there was another half dome on top probably clear i didn't see them that well because they were up above the road you know right and and so uh the reason Inter by the way it, intergalactic i don't know if you see this dorothy he says i'd let dorothy fly my spaceship <laughs> <laughs> anyway so in the dream, the aliens let me take the ship. And in the Chevron sighting, they played with me in, in the rural fields. But the most stunning synchronicity of all was when I went on Jeff's show, I started unraveling. You know, it's like, I got all these weird people in my life and strange, you know, connections and stuff. And uh, the reason I started researching anything at all is because I don't know anything about my dad's military history at all or uh, anything, but I did help him write a family history. And, and he was indicating um, in this family history that in the little town where he lived in Twin Valley, Minnesota, I think it's been renamed and I can't remember the new name. Um, their family knew General Stenseth from World War I. 
And dad told a story that Grandpa Hawkins, when he was a little boy, uh, his dad would take one of his rental cars out to meet the general and drive him into town and then just grant him the use of the car. And then, you know, for free, because he's the hero. And, and then, you know, so this was a repeated action on my grandfather's part for the general. And Jeff uncovered something that I wasn't even connecting. And it's kind of weird because um, this General Stenseth founded Nellis Air Force Base. <laughs> okay. So now it's even a worse family history mystery. Why are the Hawkins Norwegian? And why are we connected to Nellis Air Force Base? And why did I have that dream? And why did I see the Chevrons and they played with me? And why, uh, right around that same time, I saw the Disclosure Project? And why did I see an urgent request for transcriptionists? You know, it's like, oh my goodness, uh, I can wear connections that are I just, it's like I said to Jeff, it's 100% speculation. I do like creative writing. I do believe a few things came through. I'll send a couple pieces that I've written before that I think are actually, you know, like like an amalgamation of what I think I've uh, digested maybe from okay. what I've taken in. But uh, the weirdest one was the weird wind uh, that kept up all night long. And I asked Rich about it and he was pretty sure it was a meteorological thing, but I still say. It's too weird. I'll send that one to you. Um, awesome. Yeah. So there have been other things, uh, prescient dreams, warning dreams, uh, moments of uh, psychic connection with people, uh, hey, we- telepathic stuff that I did in this period of recovery after this, leaving this jerk, really. Uh, and if you want the, the, the next coincidence about it, uh, other than eye surgery on mom, um, JFK's assassination day, the day that Jeff called me up 20 minutes before I interviewed for that is the anniversary of my late mother and my late husband's birthday, October 17th. I married a man who had my mom's same birthday. What a weird thing to do. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's. It's just all a coincidence. It, it, you hey. want another coincidence? Sure. Hey, while Can we're at this... Believe it or not, Stephen Greer is my little brother because I'm 30 days older than him if the biograph- if the biographical information I've read about him is correct. <laughs> so you might have some type of tie to Stephen Greer. Um, I don't think there are coincidences either. See, the pieces are coming together for me finally after all this time. And this is the way it is for a lot of people with complex PTSD. It's difficult to remember because of the traumas that were ongoing, the exact sequences of dates, your own age when things happen. Um, And for me, it, it was more like, I had to do it by referential stuff that I remember was going on at the time. Like, well, 
who's going to forget waking up in the recovery room with double eye patches from ether hearing people cry and thinking you're dead you know it's like whoa well you, okay michelle okay <laughs> wait a minute are, are we talking about synchronicities yes are you going to tell ours listen listen to this one if you're ready for this okay okay so grew grew up in wayne county Mm -hmm. lived off of wayne road went to went to wayne memorial (laughs) dated a wayne when i was 19 in college this guy right here this guy i love this (laughs) 23 years later still living in wayne county not too far from Wayne Road. I mm-hmm. teach in the city of Wayne. I grew up in the city of Wayne. Our initials, WM, are my high school, Wayne Memorial. <laughs> and I think Wayne was your destiny. And, and <laughs> now this one, this one's kind of a, a smack in the face synchronicity, but I'm just going to put it out there. Her ex-husband for a while lived at the intersection of Wayne and Michelle with his mother. There, <laughs> there, there, there's, a street, there's a street called Michelle Drive and Wayne Road. I want a road. that crossroad. Um, I, I, have, I have yet to stop in Romulus yet to get a picture of it. We will. You, you've got the the two Michelle Drive and Wayne Road. I'm like, oh my god, yeah. this is like crazy. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Guy guy says it all right here. He says, okay, that's effing crazy. <laughs> yeah. Well, right. And I don't know if you guys see because of what was going on in my family as I grew up, I really dug into psychology and stuff. I don't know if you've ever heard of Dombrowski's uh, theory of positive integration. Can't say that I have. Okay. the th- It's very interesting. I'll find the little short educational film about that theory. And I think that might be what I've, finally going through like i'm finally synthesizing my experience and coming back together because in the nature of my daily chaotic traumatic experiences in my family i had to dissociate most of the time from my own feelings and i had to deny them i had to deny my own childhood in order to survive right so uh, and there's more to that story too. Beyond my family, it was uh, institutional abuse um, of a major nature when I was six. Oh. So I just don't want to keep going into this because that's yeah. just like too depressing, man. It's Saturday night. Let's party. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, um, Dorothy, it yeah. was great having you come on and share these experiences. And, uh, while you were talking, talk about synchronicity, you sound like his mom. Not only that, <laughs> she does sound like my mom, but uh, I, I remember talking to his mom a lot when I was 19. But besides that, while you were talking, I get an email. Oh my. From, from Dolly. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> So she says that she's sorry that she could not be on the show. She had a small emergency. And so uh, I don't want to go into too many details, but she uh, 
basically had a hole poked in her toe by a rooster. <laughs> OMG. So she had to go get a tetanus shot and they just got home from the hospital. I could well, say so many things right now. <laughs> I mean, you know, so she wants to reschedule. So we'll we'll bring her on next Saturday. Well, thanks for making me the substitute. Yeah. Yes. Hey. Along with the other, you know, it's great. It, it was it was a blast, but I just find it really funny. I, I know I know some of the guys in chatter. The synchronicities like, in your life is weird. Yes, it is. All right, you guys, I'm gonna let you go and I'll stop yakking. Have a good right. night, everybody. Thanks, Dorothy. Here, Dorothy. Oh man, that was good. that was great, man. I've been a but, middle school teacher way too long. A rooster in a toe in a hole. Yeah. They have a chicken coop, so she got attacked by a a rooster, honey. A rooster. A rooster. <laughs> Stop laughing! I can't help it. Oh my god! Now, 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 people are using, you know, the the rooster emojis. Samo, yeah, exactly. Cockadoodle do. Oh my god! All right, well. I'm going to see if I can get her to come back. Uh, she might not want to come back on now. Shouldn't have said we're, anything. We're just not going to talk about a rooster. No. All right, everyone. Intergalactic says it's funny. But not funny. But not funny, you know. That is that is true. But look, it's, it's getting late, you guys. And, uh, man, it has been an awesome night. Thank you for everybody that came on and uh, helped participate in our first uh, live call-in. Let's just, I'll, I'll change up that the title fun. and everything. That was fun. We love hearing you guys and in, in your stories. And, uh, well, I'm, I'm, I tell you what, we need to start generating like a, you know what, Abby, I'm going to get my daughter on making a database for us to list all of these same things that keep popping up that these... Craft yeah, she's and, going to college for. Yeah, she could whip up a database. Like, you know, look at Metalhead talking about seeing shadow shadow people when he was a child, but thought they were like kids. Hey, because Jammer, they were small. you snuck in the chat. Yeah, there's Jammer Travels. All right. Well, everybody, it's been a damn good show. Damn fine show. <laughs> damn fine show. <laughs> And, and thanks to Dorothy and Metalhead and Guy for coming on and, and taking up some time and sharing some of these stories. You guys are amazing. You're all amazing. And uh, we can't say enough. So um, nothing's in the uh, solid for next week just yet. But the week after, the weekend of the 16th, 17th, and 18th, I will be down in North Carolina at the Cosmic Summit hanging out with Randall Carlson and Johanna James networking using those business cards and hopefully you'll be able to get Randall Carlson to finally commit to come on the show so that would be awesome um yeah so that's in the works but keep an eye out if we get Dolly to come back on next Saturday uh we'll definitely you'll see her thumbnail come back out and uh we'll we'll deal with that so all right, Michelle. Have a good night, everyone. And keep your eyes. A. To the sky.
Oh, man. That was a damn fine show. Damn fine show. <laughs> been listening to the Michigan UFO Sightings and Paranormal Encounters podcast. You can reach us at mi.ufo.podcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter at mi underscore UFO and join our Facebook group by searching for Michigan UFO Sightings and Paranormal Encounters. So until next time.